The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. Our parenting expert, Dr. Mary O'Kane, who is, of course, lecturer in psychology and early childhood education and the author of Perfectly Imperfect Parenting, is with us now. Morning, Mary. Morning, Anton. How are you? I'm any crack, good, any good. gossip? Been up to anything since I've seen you last? <laughs> Unfortunately, very little, Anton. Parenting. That's, that's been about it for me. Yeah. How appropriate. Well, we have a load of questions. Let us start off with uh, first that asks about, now this is an interesting one because it's not so much about how to parent a child, it's how to deal with another parent. My sister has just had her first baby and I've noticed she's reluctant to leave the baby with anybody else. She's exhausting herself and yet refuses to let anybody else help out. Even with her husband, she gives him a list of mile long of instructions when she's just going for a shower. What should we do about this behaviour? While you think about that, can I tell you a brief story? Go on, tell me. A friend of mine was telling me they, they pulled up in a garage and came in, took the child out of the car, went into the garage and the person behind the counter said, your first baby. They said, yeah, how do you know? He said, because number two, they stay in the car. <laughs> Which I thought was a good line. Oh, yes. Well, Anton, can I tell you a story? Every time I think to myself, oh my gosh, am I failing at parenting? I remember my nana and she lived in Sandiment back in the day and she took her youngest child into Dublin with her and she parked him in his pram outside the GPO and she went into the GPO, did what she had to do, came home, hopped in the bus, gone in the front door and thought, oh, the baby, the baby. So, so yeah, I think we've kind of all have those little mishaps, but... Hang on, we, we can't just end the story there. <laughs> I assume the baby was all right and, and was Tom, recovered. Yes, even <laughs> better. Wait till I tell you. She shot back into the GPO. Seemingly back then, they, mothers would line their babies up. You're the big old-fashioned prams. Happy as Larry there, <laughs> along with all the other babies and all the other mothers who probably left them. But yeah, it's the scary stuff. You wouldn't do it now. But yes, it makes me feel like, no, you know what? If I've had a bad parent today, not doing too badly, Mary. Well, to this then, which is the other end of the spectrum, a yes. mother who will not let go of the child and is even given the husband lists of instructions. Mm. And you know what the funny thing is, though, Anton, particularly with your first baby, attachment is really important. And we're actually pre-programmed to attach with this baby. So it's really, really good that our focus is on trying to meet its every need. That's really good. And then the baby realises this person is trying to meet my every need. And that's really, really healthy. So that's good to start with. But again, sometimes we are made feel that we need to be perfect when you have that first child. So this is pressure to get everything right, do everything right and be absolutely everything. And and that can be really negative. So I suppose there's a few things. First of all is do stuff for her. Be nice. Bring dinners. You'll do all the nice bits around. You don't want her to make her feel um, that she's inadequate, but you do want to let her know if you need a break, if you whatever, you'll just give me a shout. My, I'll take the baby off you. Blah, blah, blah. The one Little itty bitty thing I would say is sometimes with postnatal depression, you actually start by just feeling I am completely responsible for this baby and maybe nobody else should be. It's like it can. No, I'm certainly not. I'm certainly not saying that's the case with this woman, but just keep an eye because it can be a feeling of. A feeling of I'm I'm failing, but a feeling of responsibility. You know, this responsibility is on me to be absolutely protect this child. You're giving the dad a long list of stuff and whatever. You know, there's clearly a bit of anxiety there. So I'd say keep an eye on her. But, but you also, when it's your first baby, you don't have a frame of reference. I think every parent has had that experience where first child falls over, bangs head, gets bumped, and you think, well, there goes college. Yeah. And then you realise, you know, <laughs> this happens, and you, you begin to get a sense of. 
what's bad, what's not, how much controlling you have to be. Hard yeah, to, you're only no, finding that the first and time. And it is true, you're right. I mean, there is no manual. You're, you're sort of there you are and you're trying to do your best. And as I said, there is this pressure on us to get everything right and be everything. And I think every parent feels that, feeling judged by others and whatever. But yeah, I know sort of baby number two, you're more relaxed. Baby number three and so on, you start to think... It'll be grand. Obviously, you've two hands. You're the first one, and you're trying to do everything right. Second one, you've two hands. You know, it's okay. I can, I can hold two. And the third one comes along, and it's like all bets are off. <laughs> That's always. It's always the ones that I feel sorriest for. Is you know when you meet the people who say, "Well, I have you know, I have three under the age of four And you think, "Well, oh. whatever about two? If there's two in the family, yeah. where at least one person is available." <laughs> Once you add that one, where you have to juggle, one of them has to be airborne at all times. Oh. That's tricky. Uh, text asking: My 14 year old daughter is part of a group of friends that I believe are very negative for her mental health. I really dislike one in particular. <laughs> you know what 14 year olds are like. My opinion is not going to influence her. I wonder if you could suggest some ways I can get her to see them for what they are. I see her confidence in herself dropping and I want to do something before they wear her down. Now, this is an issue for kids of all ages. Yeah, there's nothing worse than seeing their confidence dropping. You're watching it as an outsider. Funny, at 14, you know, you know when they're little and for a brief period of time, they think you know everything for three or four, whatever it might be, but they think you know everything and you say something to them, they listen and they consider it. At 14, you know nothing, absolutely nothing. So I see what she means if she says, I don't like this girl, the chances are you can send her off in traverse. So at 14, I think you're better off getting them to think about how they feel. So it's about getting them to think, do you, nearly do you like yourself with this group? How do you feel with this group? Do you feel confident? I'm not, so you're trying to get her to judge them herself because usually, and it's funny, she doesn't like one. You know the way there can be a queen bee, particularly with girls, there can be a queen bee who rules the roast and she usually has a few little henchmen who are too frightened to to go against her because then they're going to get it. So it's to try and get her to really think about how they make her feel about herself and then compare it to other friends. So maybe somebody else's school or maybe her friend that she plays GAA with or her neighbour. If you bring up the qualities that the other people have, you're trying to gently get them to work it out. If she does decide she wants to move away from them, like if she does talk about actually... I really don't feel good. And sometimes they will. When you get them talking, they will say to you, actually, no, I feel stressed. I'm frightened to put a foot wrong with this one because if I say the wrong thing, then it's about supporting them to move on. And that's painful too. To leave a group of friends is really, really hard. And at 14, they're vulnerable, you know. You mentioned that thing of at 14 that you'd know. There's a a quote um, from Mark Twain that I love, which is... um, when I was 14, I was aghast at how little my father knew. When I turned 21, I was amazed at how much the old man had learned in seven years. Uh, <laughs> That's exactly it. A question in respect of um, tantrums, which, of course, for parents of young children is a, a, a significant issue. My four-year-old has started throwing tantrums regularly. We thought we'd escaped the terrible twos and threes, so we weren't expecting this behaviour at four. The past few weeks, these have been happening a few times a week. I would have said I was a calm enough parent, but I'm really struggling to keep my cool. Yeah, you would have thought you're out the gap at four, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, I, I'm laughing. I would have thought I was a calm enough parent. We're all calm on the good days, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, we can all do it on the easy days. Funny, Anton, I was just talking to a teacher last night about um, social and emotional development in her classroom. She's a teacher of senior infants and she was talking about how this year and last year the, the children don't seem to be as good as self-regulation and we were talking about this is this is me on a fun night out but we were talking about um, COVID and how COVID has 
nearly stagnated from our children's development. Um, you know, I mean, there were great things when they were home with us in lockdown and whatever. They were Their attachments were growing stronger, but they weren't mixing as much. And she was talking about the kids coming into this classroom that they don't have the skills that they would have had a few years ago. And we were debating whether COVID had something to do with it. You kind of think you're out of the woods for, but Anton, our children aren't um, born knowing how to self-regulate. It's, it's not even just developmentally something that happens. They don't just get to a point and think, oh yeah, I can, I can be calm now. They learn it. And they mostly they learn it from us. So it's about being really calm. We say they learn how to self-regulate through co-regulation. So when they're exploding, they feed off us and our calm is really important. But the other but thing But that's not is, just a function of natural development. That is a learned oh, no, behaviour skill. Oh, Anton, do you not know a few? I can think of a few kind of... Mm, yeah, yeah never learned. That uh-huh. have never learned it, yeah. So anyway, we won't go down that road. And um, But the other thing is, if something happens out of the blue, so say, and I'm thinking, what are we now? Even schools, so school would have started maybe six weeks ago. And um, you know, if a child is tootling along and their behaviour changes, usually there's something Usually something has caused this. So I'd also say to her, just think back to when they started. Actually, school is the first thing that hits me because that would be about six weeks ago. Um, Or is there something in her life um, has changed? Because when when their behaviour really changes in that way, what they're doing is they're trying to tell you what they don't have the words to tell you. So... They can't explain what's going on. Sometimes they don't know what's going on and they're letting it out. You know what I mean? It's like that Coke bottle exposing. You know, you shake the Coke bottle, open it up, and that's they're, they're holding stuff in and out it comes. So have a think about changes as well. But the most important thing for her to do is go back to finding that calm that she used to have on the good days. Practice the pause. Quick one and an interesting one. Anton, I'm struggling with the dynamic in my household. My moody 15-year-old won't talk and my 18-year-old keeps saying he's an adult and doesn't need to be questioned on anything. My only daughter is away for the year and she diffuses the situation. I'm finding it really hard now. I feel uh, dull and feel useless. Any help? Oh, oh gosh. Oh, I want to give this person a hug. Oh, I have teenagers. Oh, you're not alone. You're really not alone. Can I say one thing to you? They're at the mercy of their brain development. When they hit those teenage years, they're, they're... at the mercy of their emotional brain. So they're hormonal, their brain is changing, they want to find themselves, they want to discover who they are, they want to be independent. All this is going on and they're not trying to get at you. That, that's really the most important thing to remember. Try to connect with them. Anything they like to do, even if it's family movie nights or whatever they like, try to connect with them on something the kid enjoys you to, to get back in. Lots of deep breathing, bite that tongue and try and connect with them again. Mary, as always, thank you so much. Can I just confirm what you said earlier, that Friday night for you is discussions of, of emotional <laughs> development and the impact of COVID. I, you know, different strokes for different folks. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at nine on News Talk.